Well, I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles, uh, to Deuteronomy 32, uh, verse beginning in verse 9, Deuteronomy 32. And um, this is considered my New Year's sermon that I didn't get to preach because I wasn't here. But I'd, I want to share with you some things uh, concerning the new year. And um, just to give you some encouragements from Deuteronomy 32, and let me just read beginning in verse 9. don't have all of this on the board, but, um, but I'm going to read this to you. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is his allotted inheritance. He found him in a desert land, a howling waste of wilderness. He's put a circle around him and cared for him as the apple of his eye. And then verse 11, our key verse, Like an eagle that stirs the nest and flutters over its young, spreading out its wings and catching them, bearing them on its pinions, which I take to be the, the, the wings. And verse 12, The Lord alone did guide him, and there was no foreign god, no strange god with him. Verse 13, the first part, he made him thus ride on high places of the land, and he ate the best produce of the field. The book of Deuteronomy comes to us, um, it's actually a sermon by Moses on, uh, as, he, as they end and conclude the wilderness wandering. So as Exodus is written at the beginning of of the wilderness wandering. They were there in the wilderness 40 years. Deuteronomy comes at the end of it and has to do with God, with Moses encouraging the people regarding the past and the future. He's saying, here's what God did in the past. Take that and be reminded that God will be faithful in the future. He's reminding them that as he puts it here in verse 10, he found them in a desert land, a wasted wilderness. It's as if God had come across this pitiful, desperate man in need of water. This is the way that they were to him. And he, he, he encircled them and he cared for them and he provided for them. And the illustration that he uses in verse 11 <clears throat> is that God compares himself to an eagle. He says, like an eagle, verse 11 that stirs its nest. God compares himself to an eagle, and I was just uh, meditating on this as to why God would be compared to an eagle. And found out some interesting things about eagles. Basically, the eagle, for example, is the largest of all birds. I know that there's like an ostrich, if you count that as a bird, but in terms of the, a flying bird in the United States, the family of birds under the eagle category, this is the biggest one. They can go, their wingspan can be as much as 10 or 11 feet wide. It's huge. And they are the only bird, and you see this in verse 
11, stirs its nest, flutters over its young, spreads its wings, catches them, and bears them up on its pinions. They're the only bird strong enough to carry their young. Now, uh, birds have been known to carry their young in their talons and move them uh, from place to place, but to actually shoulder them on their own body and carry their body weight as they fly. So they're the largest and strongest of the birds. They're the fastest of all the birds. A, an eagle swooping down for prey can reach speeds of 150 miles an hour. People have talked about, observers of eagles have talked about how they can swoop in and be gone, like get a fish out of the water and be gone before you can even hardly see them. And they are also the bird that flies the highest of any other bird. No other bird can get to the heights of an eagle. I read one story where people, they were in a, peop, in a plane and they looked out the window and there was an eagle flying right beside the plane. Proverbs 23.5 describes our wealth. It says... Our wealth can sprout wings and fly like an eagle toward heaven. The the reason that an eagle can fly so high is because the eagle, unique to other birds, will sit on the edge of its nest and wait for a wind gust. Uh, It's called a thermal column. It It flows upward. We usually think of wind as going uh, horizontal, but wind also goes vertical. It can come down with such force that it can bring a plane down, just knock it right out of the sky. A few years ago in uh, Dallas, a plane got under a wind gust, a thermal column, and it smashed it to the ground, killed 147 people. Well, those same gusts of wind, those currents can also form underneath and the atmosphere can produce an upward gust of wind and the eagle will wait on that and then fly out into it and you can almost see an eagle suspended in air. It doesn't flap its wings, it just soars. And that's because it catches that upward gust and current of wind. This may be the meaning of Isaiah 40, verse 31, when he says, Even the youth will faint, and young men will grow weary, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They mount up with with wings as eagles. Proverbs 30 mentions eagles when he says in verse 18, There are three things which are too wonderful for me, four which I just don't understand. And the first one he mentions is the way of an eagle as it's suspended in air. So they're the largest, the fastest, the highest. And so for all of that, God says, I'm like an eagle. But here was the, the thing that's, that he chose the eagle as the illustration of himself. Look at verse 11. Like an eagle that, not as the largest or fastest or strongest, 
But the eagle that stirs its nest and flutters over its young and spreads out its wings, the way it trains its young is the is the part of an eagle that God reaches out and says, this is why I'm like an eagle. It is so unique in a way that exceeds all other birds. How is he unique? Well, look at verse 11 again. He says, like an eagle that stirs the nest. The way that an eagle matures and trains the little eaglet and gets it out of the nest. The word stir here in verse 11 is a word which means to wake up or to lift up. And the mother eagle will sometimes, uh, as the eagle gets older, it gets hungrier and needier for food. But the mother eagle will go out and get food and it begins to land farther from the nest. And observers have even said it looked like the mother eagle was was even uh, taunting, coaxing the eagle to come out and in such a way as to make it fly. So it would land when when it's like a in a in its teenage years, here's the mother eagle landing 10 feet away and saying come and get it. This indicates that there are times, God says, when I have uh, stirred the nest, I have lifted you, I have motivated you, I have gotten you out of the nest when you didn't want to get out of the nest. Sometimes we get comfortable and warm and satisfied where we are in our circumstances and in our life, and God has a way of stirring our nest. And at the time when we need him the most, he seems to back away. And have you ever wondered why God is treating you like that? You ever felt like, this is abuse. (laughs) God is not treating me right. Have you ever been upset with God? And these little eaglets, they said, will just scream bloody murder. Like, I'm over here. Bring me the food. But the mother eagle will just stay firm. And, it, and they said it, it'll, the mother eagle will start eating the food in front of this little eagle. You want it? Here it is. Mmm. I saw a t-shirt some time ago that said, I took the road less traveled by, and now I have no idea where I am. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way it is in our walk with God. We don't know what he is doing. And what Moses is saying and what God is saying through Moses is he's interpreting the circumstances of life and saying, look, when you think God is not loving you, he may be loving you the most. When it seems like he's treating you the worst, he may be loving you the most. Most of us are like those little eaglets who prefer the warm, comfy, secure space of the nest and we would just love to stay there and eat regurgitated food. So the way that the eagle matures its young, God says that 
is like me. Not only the way he gets him up out of the nest and matures him, but look also at verse 11 once again. He says, Like an eagle that stirs its nest, flutters over its young, and spreads out its wings and catches them, catches them, and bears them up on its wings. The way that the mother eagle coaxes the young out of the nest and then once they are out of the nest and trying to fly, they are not abandoned. But the mother eagle will often fly beside them and it's not uncommon for a little eagle who's trying to learn to fly to just start fluttering and just expend all its energy and plummet to the ground. And a lot of us have seen birds on the ground, little baby birds that's fallen out of the nest or tried to fly and ended up on the ground. And so this little eaglet will sometimes fall toward the ground. And, he's, and he says, what the eagle does, unique to all other birds, is the eagle will swoop under its young ones and bear them up literally lift them and carry them when they could not do anything for themselves. He got them out of the nest, and here's the thing God is saying, look, I got you out of the nest, I am not going to leave you now. Praise God for that. He won't leave us alone in our comfort zone. And then once he gets us to risk, and once he gets us to take a chance, and once he gets us to yield to him... His word to us is, I'm not going to let you fall. I'm not going to let you hit the ground. In fact, uh, one of the things about the mother eagle as it comes under, see, the, the, the eagle really has no predator, no dangers from other animals. It just flies above them and it can defeat any of its enemies. And, and the ones it can't defeat, it just runs away, flies away from. Unless they get too close to the ground, and then man can bring them down with an arrow. But when they're close enough, when that little eagle has come so close to the ground, they're endangered by man, the mother eagle places her body between anything on the earth and the little eagle. In other words, you have to bring down the mother to get to the little young one. And God is saying here, as he puts it, it flutters over its young, but then it spreads its wings and catches them and bears them up. Anything coming from the earth to bring down that little eagle must first pass through the body of the mother. You'd have to bring down God to get to you. That's security. And so here's the statement that when you feel the most insecure because of the circumstances of life, God has put you out there. He's gotten you out of your safety zone. And he said, now come and follow me. And you're seeking to follow him. And then all of a sudden you feel very vulnerable. You may be more secure than you've ever been in your life. The way he preserves the the little eagle 
by rescuing him. I, and I, I want to tell you now, there's a lot of, I think they're called ornithologists, bird observers, who deny that this happens. They said, we've never seen an eagle get underneath its little eaglet. We've never seen that. We don't believe that happens. But I read here, he, like an eagle that stirs the nest, flutters over its young, spreads its wings, catches them, and bears them up. So, pardon me, but I've never seen it happen either. But I will take the word of God over the experts. (laughs) So, I'm going here with the text. And God says, this is the way an eagle does, and this is the way that I do for you. I have sometimes felt that I was in a free fall. That's the way I would describe it. I just, I, I'm, I can't help myself. No one else can help me. I'm going down. I have no strength or wisdom or skill. I seem to be finished. And God is saying here, He can fly faster than you can fall. He will get there. And we need to trust Him. And really when you think about it, he remember He's talking to Israel and, <clears throat> and He's talking to them about the, as at the end of the 40 years of wandering and they... They came to the Red Sea, and there was no way. But did they get across? Absolutely, God parted the waters. And they went out into the desert, and there was no water. But did they die of thirst? No, they did not. God provided for them with water out of a rock. And they were in the wilderness for 40 years, and did they die of hunger? No, God gave manna from heaven. So he's he's saying, this is the way I have been for you. In your circumstances and in your situations, I have been there. Now you're about to go into 2015. You're about to go into the land of Canaan. A new experience, new territory, new dimension, new circumstances. I want you to know that I have been faithful to you in your past. I will be faithful to you in your future. And whatever I'm doing is maturing you, getting you out of your comfort zones and taking you where you have not been before, but you can trust me to get you through it. That's his message to us. And then one third thing he mentions here is in verse 12. The Lord alone did guide him, no strange God with him. Uh, Eagles do this alone. Eagles don't flock. You see almost any bird and they're in a flock. Sometimes they, uh, people put vultures and eagles in the same category, and they are similar. But if you look at pictures of vultures in a tree, they're always a bunch of vultures. That's a flock. Or vultures on a carcass, there's always a bunch of vultures. But eagles don't flock. That makes them unique. And he says, like that eagle, I led you by myself because, and I think the reason God chose the eagle as the illustration of the way he deals with us is because the eagle 
like God, is not dependent on anybody or anything to get the job done regarding your life. See, if you, maybe you're thinking, if I just had that job, or if I just had that husband, or if I just had that wife, or if I just had those children, or if I just had that income, or if I just had this or that, God is, there was no strange God with him. There is no condition under which God is thus enabled to bring you to maturity and get you into your destiny. He's, he's alone when he did it. He, he doesn't need anybody to help. He's able. He will lead you into places and situations this year you have not been in before. You may be tempted to doubt his love and his care, but he has to get us out of the nest. Little eagles must learn to soar, feed themselves, or they will die in the nest. A couple of things. One is, you cannot reach your full potential in the nest. You don't know all that God has deposited in you until you throw yourself out on the current of the Spirit and let Him lift you. And when you do that, you will find things about yourself you didn't know. One of the things I found about the eagle was that the eagle has two eyelids. It has a, a, a thin eyelid that's normal, but then like when it flies into a storm, only an eagle can fly through a storm. Most birds take uh, shelter in a storm. An eagle has a second eyelid that's thicker, and it just it's like a double protection over its eyes, and it can actually fly through a storm. This, this second protection has a dark hue to it so that when it flies toward the sun, it can actually fly directly toward the sun into the sunlight and look at the sun and look above it for its own protection. It can do it because it's got these built-in sunglasses. But it wouldn't know that if it didn't get out of the nest. It is amazing what you can do once you get out on the current of the Spirit and let God flow through you for you. You will find that God has put in you some things you did not know was there. But the other thing that we need to get out of that nest and God will get us out of the nest. I'm not just calling you out of the nest. I'm saying God's going to get you out of the nest. He's going to start motivating you. He's going to start doing some things. He's going to start landing some distance away and saying, hey, look at this. Isn't this what you want? Yeah. Come and get it. But you used to bring it to me so easily. Yep, time to get out of the nest. One of the things that he uses is when little eagles, there's, they'll have two or three. The nest is about four, five, six feet wide. And as the eagles grow, those little eagles, it gets too small. And so you know what they do? The little eaglets? They start eating each other. Now, when you start eating each other, (laughs) it's time to get out of there. So he's motivating you from the outside by the mother eagle landing out here. I know you're hungrier and hungrier, and when you need food the most, I'm landing out here 10 feet away, time to come. And on the inside, some of a, a brother or a sister is pecking at you. 
Not bad. This is tasty, especially since Mama's starving us. You're looking good to me today. I'll be over here with Mama. You cannot, this year, here's the truth about it. This year, you will not stay the same. This year, God will not permit the circumstances to be exactly the way they was last year. He will expand your faith. He will move you from the nest. It may be, it may be starting to church, getting out of the comfort zone, and God will motivate you on the inside and on the outside. It, it might be leaving an abusive relationship. Maybe it's just a relationship that's not taking you in faith where you need to be. And uh, when I, my first church, it was a weekend church. I was in college. And uh, the church, I drove 90 miles on Friday evening to get there to pastor this little church in Jackson, Kentucky. And uh, boy, those were, they, they were some interesting people in Hazard County, Kentucky. People in the holler that had never been outside that holler. They'd never been in a car. And you don't just walk on their property. And you can't call ahead because they got no phones. That's why they call it a holler. (laughs) You got to yell, hey. There was a little girl there in this first church. I was 20 years old. And I don't know why she attached to me like she did. She was the prettiest girl that I had known to that point in my life. Her name was Genevieve. Now, I hadn't known a lot of pretty girls. I was from Tennessee. There's some pretty girls there. But I hadn't traveled that much. But Genevieve was the prettiest I had ever seen. And she really liked me. A lot. And I don't really know why, because I'd wear these. Uh, remember, I'm 20 years old. It's Kentucky. What are we supposed to wear as a preacher? I wore a solid white suit, thin, with polka dot, blue polka dot underwear. I, I, my wife would tell me, you're embarrassing. Because that's the way I would dress. I, was, I would dress. It embarrassed people. Because nobody showed me how to dress. But Genevieve took a liking to me, and I don't know why. And physically, I'll share this if y'all keep it to yourself, but physically, I was very attracted to her. But it was like the Holy Spirit said, okay, this is your comfort zone here. You have to walk away from that. And I remember letting her know that I have to move, I have to go on. I'm leaving the church, ultimately I left the church, and I left her, and she cried. But that was my nest. And God has led me from there. And I can't imagine being without Jan. 
and the children and the grandchildren, how my life would be different. What's your nest? Maybe it's not Genevieve. Maybe it's something else. A comfort zone. That God's saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now motivate you this year to follow me. The discontent, the decision to leap as the Spirit of God touches our hearts, the confidence that He will rescue us and lift us up, and the maturity and the dignity and the freedom. God is not wanting to hurt you or confine you or restrict you. He wants to liberate you, and that's 2015. I believe is his call on our life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you, we thank you that you're faithful and that you haven't left us to ourselves to do all this, to figure it all out. But you will motivate us. We thank you that you're faithful to motivate us. And that you will arrange circumstances so that we move toward you. And grant that it, at the end of this year, we will be more mature in Christ than we have ever been in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.